Episode 14, Don and the Indiana Broadcasters visit the House of the Rising Sun. Welcome to Radio War Stories. In every episode, hosts Dave Jagger and Don Nelson reach into their arsenal of decades of radio experience to entertain you with their most amusing, enthralling, and interesting stories. Suit up and get ready for today's episode. Well, if it's Monday, it Tuesday, mo- Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or any day of the week, you know it's the day to listen to Radio War Stories. And Dave Jagger, Don Nelson, are here to help you along your way. Yeah, These are we, our stories. We could probably tell them better if we had Jose Cuervo with us. Oh, my God. Why didn't we do that before we started recording, Don? We should have. <laughs> we were talking earlier about, you know, uh, the, the goal of everybody who was in radio was broadcast ownership. And oh, I was man. fortunate enough to be involved with the group that got me in, as as we talked earlier, uh, uh, on, on the freebie side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it moved along. And after the... Uh, the group uh, stayed together to purchase our St. Joe properties. Uh, some folks kind of went separate directions, and we still all had the urge and desire to, to own our own thing. Got a call from a broker who said, want you to come up to Utica, Rome. And I said, where's that? <laughs> he said, upstate New York. I said, oh, sure, got it. So he says, I think we have an incredible opportunity up there. When can you be there? Because you really need to do it fast. So I said, all right. We went out, got on a plane, flew from Indy uh, up to Buffalo. And at, at Buffalo, you then transfer to what I described as the Ajax Storm Door Awning and Airline Company. Uh, <laughs> it was a little commuter with uh, some twin engines, something or yeah, others, uh, yeah. uh, that flew from Buffalo over to Utica. We went in, uh, met the owner of the AMFM, uh, beautiful facility uh, in Utica, Rome, and discovered that he didn't spend a lot of time in a radio station. Actually, he inherited it from his father. Oh, one of those. He would drift in, you know, late morning, open the mail, go to the club for lunch, and didn't come back. And and the radio station uh, was offered for the princely sum of $1,500,000. These AM, FM combo in there. I looked at it and thought, Holy cow, this thing is, they haven't even touched the surface. This is amazing, and we got to tie this down right now. So it was a good price for a good find. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we went off and wrote a letter of understanding, literally wrote it out on yellow legal pad, and I gave it back to the broker along with my personal check for $10,000 just to tie it in. <laughs> right. Here's escrow money. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, uh, the the owner, uh, uh, Fred Bowen, uh, wasn't young. All that excited over somebody's personal check for his radio station. I love the broker. He said, Freddie, there are a lot of people in this business that I would rather have Nelson's personal check than their cash. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a nice... Uh, so, nice endorsement. So he signed it and uh, the letter of intent, and then I continued my trip by going on down to uh, New York City mm-hmm. uh, to meet with our rep. I uh, had a couple of days, the next uh, calls, the next couple of days. I went in, and I got all excited. I was having dinner with Frank Boyle, who was head of Eastman at the time. And uh, by, by the time we were halfway through dinner, uh, he says, I need a piece of that. How much can we 
get involved with. Oh, wow. Well, I had already uh, given out the piece to uh, uh, a co-worker, Fritz Frederick. Mm-hmm. And so I called Fritz and said, uh, Eastman wants into this. Uh, what do we want to do? Well, long story short, we ended up... Uh, Fritz and I kept uh, 51% between us, and Eastman took 49%. And one of the things uh, that I learned early on in my time uh, with Vern Flambeau was the, the <laughs> I hate to say it, the art of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Except but that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was, yeah. and there are certain things that he always said. And one of them was, if there's something that's really important in a, in, when you're negotiating a deal... In front of it, put something that you can give away. And that way, if you give it away, then they're not going to be all beating you up on the very next item. All right? Okay, that makes sense. Well, the FM uh, tower site was at the owner's home (laughs) up on a mountaintop overlooking Utica, Rome. Okay. And so what we really wanted in the negotiation was a non-compete. Well, uh, item 12, I put in... We get your house, all right, because that's where the transmitter was. <laughs> Item 13 was, you'll give us a non-compete, which had great tax ramifications right, to it. Right, so, right. So we're sitting down. We're going through now. We have this formally typed out, and and, uh, and the owner is going through it one at a time, and he gets to the we get your home routine. <laughs> And he looked up at me, and all, all he saw was that this the opening line was, we'll pay the sum of $1,500,000. That's, yeah, right. That, that had him shaking like I'm a leaf sure. from that point yeah. on, because that was a lot of money in those days. Yeah. So he gets down to this line, and he says, Don, my house is not included in the deal. And I looked at him, and I said, Freddie, for a million five, we want all the marbles. He looked at me and said, Okay. <laughs> then he ticks off the next item and a non-compete. Okay. And a boom, 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 wow. boom. Wow. We sign it. All right. I get back on the plane. I go back down to New York, sit down with Frank Boyle again. And I said, we got his house. Frank said, what do we want with the house? I said, we don't. He said, well, get rid of it. <laughs> so... I made a trip back up to Utica, Rome, and I said, Freddie, uh, rather than inconvenience you, uh, how about we lease the house back to you for, say, $100 a year, and you pay the taxes and the upkeep? Oh, my gosh! <laughs> and he said, deal, right? Wow. So now we have our transmitter site located. We've got it all. Everything so the transmitter and the tower were on his property, not just the tower? The transmitter was uh, there, Everything too? was up there, yeah. Wow. Right, yeah. It was all there. Yeah. So we had that out of the way, and man, we we signed the deal. We were thrilled to death. We now own the radio station in Utica, Rome, and I went back down to New York. We all went to dinner. Uh, we, the Eastman guys, yeah. had, all went to a dinner at a, an Italian restaurant on the Upper East Side. And we're sitting down at the dinner, and I look across the restaurant. And there is the owner that we had just purchased it from. He and his wife have come down to the city. To celebrate! To celebrate. <laughs> taking those guys to the cleaners and selling that radio station. <laughs> now, I'm wondering about Eastman buying a radio station like that. That was legal? I mean, you oh, could oh, do yeah. that? Eastman was uh, we're an independent business. You could do whatever they wanted. And, and uh, the Eastman guys had talked a great deal about getting involved in, in broadcast ownership. ownership. Huh? Uh, and frankly, the uh, 
Utica Rome situation looked like it was such an easy thing that they went on and bought, bought some other additions. But the one thing that made it really good for us, I brought in a GM from Kokomo, Indiana. All right. Bill Williamson. I had served on the uh, Indiana Broadcasters Association board with Bill. Oh, whoop, wait a minute. That's okay. Wait a minute. Indiana Broadcasters. I got a story. I got to tell you okay. this. Okay. All, right. All right. Let's do it. If you serve on any board long enough, sooner or later you end up being president, right? Because sure. you know, it's your turn on the board. Nah, right. Let's yeah. put old Don up there. Right. He's been with us for a few years. So the Indiana Broadcasters Association used to have quarterly board meetings. Okay. Uh, and the winter meeting was always someplace warm because Indianapolis was not. Yeah. Right. right. So the year uh, I'm, I'm in the barrel there and get to pick where we go, uh, my, my then bride and I had spent several years going back and forth to Acapulco. And I said, let's have the winter board meeting in Acapulco. <laughs> and everybody said, yeah, all right. Because back, this was pre-cartel days. Acapulco of course. At the time, uh, Elvis had filmed the, the movie down there, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and the hotels were outstanding. And we we did some business. I mean, we actually had board meetings in the morning. Then we, <laughs> we went to Playa Condesa in the afternoon and kicked back on the beach. And then nice. all went out and had dinner. Well, there is one thing that uh, was kind of fun, and it was well-known among the tourist circles in those days, but uh, not to the Indiana Broadcasters (laughs) Board and their significant others. All right. All right. And I said, "Uh, you guys up for uh, something a little different tonight? And they said, yeah. So we all piled in the cab, and I said, now you're sure you're not going to be offended by by anything no 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 come on it's good for you it's good for, you. It's good for us so the they're four, ready to party the four cabs all pulled up in <laughs> zona rosa okay the red light district oh my <laughs> the entire uh cast of, of the board of the indiana broadcasters <laughs> association went into the largest and best known um Homes of uh, ill repute mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, in in the Zona Rosa, and we all sat in there. The wives were having the time of their life. Were they there was, really? There was a bevy of well, not beauties, but there was a bevy. Of, there were of, a bevy of uh, folks women, there, right? <laughs> Females. <laughs> and so there we are. We spent uh, an hour. We had uh, oh, you of course in in places like that in those days in Mexico. Uh, any place for that matter, you didn't drink any mixed drink because it came with ice, yeah, water, which was made with water. Yeah, so yeah. you all drank beer, whether you wanted sure. beer or not. Right. So, so we right. all had a cerveza in our hand. Sure. We spent a couple hours or whatever in, in uh, La Huerta, and then we got back in our cabs and went away. Now, was this a gated area, or was it just like a community well, in the little uh, town? Yeah. It's just a little town, and that's what they it's did It's just there. The, the area. The, the area. There right, in Acapulco, where, yeah. where uh, that uh, that business was transacted on, on a frequent just basis. Just red light district. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like in Amsterdam. Or I remember growing up in San Antonio, and then when I worked in uh, Victoria here in Texas, uh, these two friends of mine, one of them was a sales guy. He was a single guy at KVIC, Tim Strawbridge. And he and his roommate, Lance Alkek, I always remember him. I lived with him for a while, very short while. Uh, hey, we're going down to Boys Town this weekend, down across Nuevo Laredo. You want to come with us? Uh, 
No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I, I never went. I should have, but I didn't go. Just just to see it. Yeah. Not to partake, but just to see it. Right? Well, it was an amazing time, and literally 20, at least 20 years later, uh, I ran into one of our, our board members' uh, wife uh, who had been on the trip, Basil Hagen, who ran uh, WNDU for Notre Dame University in oh, South wow. Bend. Yeah. And uh, I ran into Basil's wife, and she says, this is Don. He took us all to a cat house <laughs> in Acapulco. <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> That's me. I kind of got off that, but just when I said Bill Williamson, I thought of that whole IBA, IBA story. But, oh, I'm glad you did. That's but, a perfect story. But we did put... You really uh, did get work done when you went to Acapulco? Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. We had board meetings. Yes, we... we, we. Okay, we've been here for 35 minutes. Everybody ready to break? <laughs> <laughs> of course, one of the quarterly meetings uh, for the IBA was always in Indianapolis. It was yeah. the legislative meeting, and we all trooped into the governor's office. And you know, he got up and smiled and shook our hands and, yeah, and, uh, and yeah. did that routine. And during that time, Dick Luger was the uh, mayor of Indianapolis, who went on to become a you know head of the Senate Foreign Relations sure. Committee. And I remember, that. but it was it was a great time. But we finished up getting that uh, that Utica Rome radio station up and running, and it literally turned into a cash machine. It was. It was amazing. We, we have a little bit of time left. So Don had mentioned to me one time, he said, make sure you remind me to talk about the Learjet story. Uh, is it? Is it? Uh, they, we don't have enough time. Don't have one. enough time for the don't Learjet story? Don't have enough time for that one, Don. Really? Yeah. No, we'll save that one for a later time. Because that starts off in Fez, Morocco. In Fez, Morocco. Yeah. And ends where? <laughs> It ends uh, back in Indianapolis. Back in Indianapolis. <laughs> That's a long story. That's a long way. You got it. <laughs> Don, thank you. Gosh, I enjoy this so much. Can't wait till next week to see what we talk about. You got it, man. Take care. Stay safe. Stay inside. Wear a mask. Thanks for listening to Radio War Stories. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like us on Facebook at Radio War Stories and call in with your questions or comments here or on Skype. Skype at RadioWarStories.com. We look forward to hearing from you. See you next week.